<laughs> what up, y'all? No, she in the building. And Roushey. And this is the Mama We Made a Podcast. <clears throat> we have a glorious episode for that, y'all that today. That cough is going to be this spectacular. Cough. Y'all already ears. know the cough. If you've been listening to this podcast, you, know, you know what the fuck the cough is. And I'm not quitting yet. Okay. Thank y'all. Tell them about the episode, Noosh. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Quentin Thrash in the building. Stay Fly Thrash. Uh, incredible Southern gentleman going through his story of athletics to really finding the beauties in his hustles. Ooh. You know, somebody that's extremely naturally gifted and, you know, that can be seen as, as, as a gift in and of itself, but there are times where natural talent alone is a curse, mm-hmm. whether it's a curse to uh, the psyche or a curse to just life in and of itself. Uh, but as every, as with every story in this in this podcast, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And Rashi, I think we should just let Thrash take us through this story. What do you think? Take him, Thrash. <sighs> Let's go. Ah, uh, Mama, Mama, we made it. What it? What it? What it do, though? Hey, and Yo. we are here. Sends a minor ambiance. Look, at the end of the day, Thresh, we still got the Polaroids for you. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I know. This one, this one caught my eye right here. Yep. Who these are? So one of those girls works at Doheny Room. Interesting. <laughs> and then the other one is a friend of this whole squad's over here. Interesting. They're local. I'm sure your paths will run across them, or, or I, never, you know, I never, I never recognize them in person. I've been walk right past them and didn't notice them. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you if you don't realize, folks, Thrash is messing with the uh, Polaroids that we have on the Mama We Made a table. They got some beautiful women out here, and that's gonna distract the shit out of me. Well, hey, I'm just glad your sensories are just like popping right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We'll just make that into a into a scenario that works for us. You did, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We got my brother Quentin Thrash in the building. Make some motherfucking noise. That's the studio audience. Thank y'all for having me. Oh, it's yeah, a damn pleasure. A- <laughs> it's a damn pleasure. Um, it's an incredible thing to see somebody, uh, you know, evolve. And it's wild to even think about, like, you know, I feel like, you know, our paths crossed a few years ago. Um, and, you know, naturally there's this evolution and growth in, in one's being and one's, uh, you know, embodiment of what they're doing and you being such a, a cat that has multiple facets. And it's, it was even more, I guess, mind-blowing to kind of see where it all started for you. We had lunch and, like, it really opened my eyes to to the baseline of and the foundation of, of your, your being and your essence. And it's an honor to have your complete journey rocked and told with us on the Mama We Made It podcast. Yeah, man, thank you. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me, bro, because you know, it's a lot of stuff, especially when a cat like myself who got so many layers out. It's like I be doing a lot of different interviews and podcasts and stuff, and people be asking me the same questions over and over and over and mm. shit. And it's like, bro, I've been talking about the same shit for years, but I done elevated past that and... You know what I'm saying? It's, it's stuff that in my life that I ain't never had a chance to touch on in interviews. You know what I mean? So yep. that's why I, I don't say I feel good about, you know what I'm saying, y'all having me on here because I feel like y'all kind of understand like there's more to, you know what I'm saying, where somebody comes from. Absolutely. What, you know what I'm saying? What, 
is put into all this shit to get, you know what I'm saying, to be who I am right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, especially in Los Angeles, it kind of gets, uh, we get lost in the function of what all of us are doing, right? Like, it's one of those, like, what do you bring to the table? What have you done for me lately scenarios, right? When in reality, as human beings, everything that, that happens to us, everything that we go through, every kind of community or culture that we dabble in really makes us who we are in the present moment. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where necessarily it doesn't need to be a career move or it doesn't necessarily need to be something that is tangible. Sometimes the intangible things really take precedence in formulating our characters and, and our beings in and of themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, perfect example, bro, like, a lot of people don't know that I used to be a college athlete. Like I went, to, I went to college on a full scholarship, but I got kicked out. I got kicked out of school my sophomore year. But honestly, I feel like me getting kicked out of college made me who I am today. Like, yeah. I feel like if I'd have, if I'd have went, to, if I'd have stayed in school and graduated with a degree and all that shit, I wouldn't be doing what the fuck I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I none of the shit that I've been going through. You did so. Right. That shit. That's don't say exactly what you're saying is exactly what I'm all about. Let's take it. So let's take it all the way back. Where where were you born? Where, where where did you grow up at? I was born in a small town called Hawkins Hawkinsville, Georgia. I gotta like enunciate when I say that shit. Yeah, I'm country the motherfucker. <laughs> it's called Hawkinsville, Georgia. Hawkinsville, Georgia. Yeah. Small were you town. there? Were you there your whole childhood? No, I um, so I was only there for like a few years when I was like first born. My Got mom it. lived there, but then okay. I ended up moving with my daddy. You know what I okay. mean? So mm. I lived with my daddy majority of the time, but I was still back and forth because like my whole family from Georgia, so I went never far. You know what I mean? So Got I'd it. be like. 30 minutes so no I live like 30 minutes away the majority the majority of my life but I was so I was always back and forth there so mm. even everybody in Hawkinsville even though I never actually like went to school there yeah. everybody still consider me they know like th- like Quint that nigga from Hawkinsville cuz I'm all, I'm still always there every other weekend or uh, whatever whatever so yeah mm. yeah what what was uh what was it like living with pops with my daddy it is different cuz cuz like I said I was a big athlete like I was that's, as a kid, that's all I knew was being an athlete. Sports. You know I mean? Sports. That's all got it was. Basketball, well, you, football, running got track. Got everything. Yeah. So that's just how it is growing up in the hood. That's just what you do. But my dad was like, my dad wasn't an athlete. You know what I'm saying? He was, my dad, he like, like working on cars and stuff like that. You did. So that ain't nothing that I ever like attracted to. So it's like, I feel like on that level, me and my daddy never really connected. It was got just kind of like him trying to drill shit in my head to not make me be a fuck up later on in life. You know got what I mean? It. So as a when I end up growing up to be an adult, we end up like sitting out having a conversation, and he was telling me that as a kid he was so hard on me because I never he said I never had a passion for anything because everything came too easy for me because mm. he was like all I did was play sports and like sports was just easy as fuck to me like I didn't have to go hard and I wasn't at home doing drills and shit like that you know what I mean it's like I was just a natural athlete and I ended up getting a full like, I ended up getting a full scholarship I only played in four football games in high school. Like, I was oh, injured the majority wow. of my life, and I still got a full scholarship. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, sports was just easy to me. Were you a big kid growing up? or like, No, I was. I'll be, I'll so always you were been just, skinny. I've always okay. been skinny as hell. Me and him never, like, saw eye to eye on that type of stuff. And then even when I started getting into the fashion stuff, like, I was always ironing my clothes every night and cleaning my tennis shoes every night and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, like, he just didn't understand it. You know what yeah. I mean? He, just thought, he thought I cared more about how I dressed and, like, how I, how I was performing in school and shit. So... He would do stuff like, I remember I got in trouble one time, and I guess I let my grades slip, and he used to make me wear church clothes to school. Like, I, couldn't, I couldn't wear regular clothes no more. I had to wear mm-hmm. church clothes to school because he thought, like, I cared too much about the way I dressed. So 
I guess he was taking that creativity away from me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. But really, it just turned me up even more. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it turned me up even more. So, like. You were like, how am I going to make these church clothes look fly exactly, as hell? Exactly, exactly. So, I was, like, sneaking Air Force Ones in my book bag to school and shit. So, I got on church clothes with fucking Air Force Ones and shit like that. You know what I mean? So, like, I was still going to be sauced up regardless. So, mm. yeah. what What was it that kind of drew you? So, naturally, sports comes easy for you yeah right and were you i wanted to ask you in those types of areas you know when you say like in the hood and like sports it's kind of synonymous because i feel like in these types of areas there's very few things that allow uh the kids and the children in those areas to 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 be able to see as possibilities for getting out yeah right and in those types of communities um it's really sports and music. Even today, if we think yeah. about it, right? Like, we have all these things of, like, doctors, lawyers, this, that, and the other. But I feel like, you know, there's certain communities that really have it drilled down to where it's either entertainment or being an athlete. Was that something that was, yeah. like, prevalent amongst, I guess, your, your area and just your thought process of, like, look, like, this is going to get me out? Yeah, no, exactly, bro. Like, that's all it was. That's all I ever seen because... Like, honestly, another thing about me, bro, is, like, I never even applied to a college. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. I was just living, I was just living in high school, you know what I mean? And I, you know what I'm saying, just end up getting that scholarship, went to college, majoring in some shit that to this day, I still don't re- really know what the fuck that shit means. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, was I was one of them kids. And it. um, it didn't really hit me, dog, till, it didn't hit me till I started working in a barbershop, like, when I got my barber's license and stuff, and... I was an adult and I could think for myself and I ain't have people telling me what to do every day. You know what I mean? And I just started thinking different. I just started thinking bigger. And I was like, the stuff I, the stuff I was into and the stuff I was watching and mm. the places I was able to travel once I started living on my own and not in my parents' house. Like, that's the kind of shit that started, like, opening my fucking mind up. And I just, like, I don't know. It's like I never really had anybody in my corner to show me, hey, bro, you could be doing this or mm. you can be a creative, you can be an artist, you don't have to just be an athlete, you know what I mean? I never really had nobody in my corner like that, so it was all like genuinely just shit that I picked up, you know what I'm saying, from my surroundings and shit. Absolutely. Well, what yeah. about your friends growing up? Same thing, were they all athletes? Yeah, and... everybody was all athletes, man. Mm. Everybody. Like, so you, you didn't have a creative outlet as a kid either? No. Mm. Like my step, my, my stepbrother used to draw, so you know what I'm saying? I used to draw as well, mm-hmm. but that's really as far as it went. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. I never thought about being a designer, or I never thought. I used to draw. I used to draw like every pair of like dope, like tennis shoes, like sneakers and stuff. I had a notepad in high school that I used to draw them, and I used to just I used to sketch them. I sketch like let's say it was Air Force One for example. I sketch the Air Force One. I go home on my dad's <coughs> own scanner and I scan it, and I can make copies of that motherfucker. And I literally be at school and I have a notebook full of Air Force Ones, and I just be coloring them all different kind of colorways and freaking them and doing all kind of shit like that. Wow. And it's like that That's was just awesome. me being. This was before all the cut people doing the custom, you know what I'm saying, Air Force One and the custom mm. J's and shit. This is just me like I want to draw some shit that I think that be finding out. Yeah, exactly. So it's like nobody like taught me that shit. It was just like genuine shit that I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was like an escape, if you will. Yeah. And it's like, even even with that, it's like, it didn't mean that much to me because, like, even once once that notepad was done, I literally just threw it away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was like, just, it was just, just, that, just throw it away. Was, yeah. yeah. Like, as soon as that notepad was full, I just threw it away. Like, because I know I can do it again. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that goes back to what my dad was saying. Like, I never really had a passion for nothing. Like, it was nothing that I was like, oh my God, I gotta be doing this. No, you can't take this away from me. Like, I just lived. You know what I mean? I was just a kid, man. Absolutely. When do you, so do you think that 
Because you spoke about, okay, let's go here. In high school, you were play, You played four football games total mm-hmm. and got a full scholarship, Yeah. right? Was it one of those things where you're like, okay, if I'm going to get a scholarship, I'm just going to go? Um. So, so this is how it all happened. So my senior year, I broke my, I think I broke my collarbone. Yeah, I broke, I broke my collarbone my senior year oh, in the second nice. game of the season. I was out the whole season. The last game of the year, which is like the senior night when they like recognize all the seniors and shit. Yeah. And uh, I was my basket like basketball season was coming up and like they had cleared me to play in the football game, but it was like, bro, you're not playing. We got basketball season coming up. The season, the football season done. It's trash, whatever. I was like, bro, it's my senior night. Like, let me, you know, what I'm saying, let me play last game. So my high school, my basketball coach was like, all right, if if the coach lets you play, he lets you play or whatever, because I ain't, you know, what I'm I ain't practiced all season. Mm. So literally. They put me in for one play out of the whole game. They put me in for one play. I had a 35-yard dive and catch in the end zone. <laughs> they was like, bro, what the fuck? And my, I ain't practiced all season since the second game of the season, bro. So that helped me get my scholarship. So I still ended up I, – I signed my football scholarship during, like, basketball season. So I never even gave basketball a chance for me to even, like, get a scholarship in basketball. You know what I mean? Like, Wild. Yeah. Why did you choose to do that? Was it just because you had the opportunity right there and yeah, just jump I think on I just it? Had opportunity, and I didn't have any other ideas. Like I didn't, mm. I didn't, I never, I didn't even think about getting a scholarship. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't. It was, that wasn't even a thing I was thinking about. I was well, just. It's fucking. Ball. It's fucking insane to get a scholarship. Like yeah. at, for for college football. Yeah, especially for, for any for any division. And, 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 and when you don't play, like. This is insanely competitive. You have kids. <laughs> would you, would you I was still the only person on my my team that year to get a scholarship. Wild. I was the only person on my son's team that year. Do to get you a think that type of that type of kind of freeness for these things to come to you? You had natural ability that was probably out of this world, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that played a role in your like psyche at the time? Like even when you consider like your pop seeing it, like look, like I don't want things, all these things coming so easy. In his mind, he's probably like people have to work hard in this world. It's gonna shape shape him a type of way. Let me kind of put the hammer down to yeah. make him like have to fight for something, right? Yeah, I feel I feel like that's what he was trying to do. You know what I mean? That's what he was trying to do, and I didn't understand it at the time. When I understand it now, got it. But I didn't understand it then. And um, I didn't understand a lot of shit, bro. I was just living, you know. What I, mean? I was just yeah. a kid. All course, I do is yeah. go outside, play basketball, do my fucking homework. Yeah. Go back outside, play some more basketball. You know what I mean? Go skateboard, go do some other shit. Like that's all I was I was doing. And like I never applied to a college, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like I just I don't know. Like yeah, I was, I was just living. You were coasting. Bro. Like was that, that was yeah. the definition of coasting. Yeah, bro. I was just a kid, man. That just doesn't happen. Like that's yeah. not that's not real life, dude. Yeah, man. It's just not. Yeah. Take us through take us through going to college and and also like now you're you're still here again, right? Yeah. Like it's funny when you think of of uh, kids, especially athletes, right? It's like when we when we when we think about like what we dreaming of when when we're older. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what what did you have aspirations up until that point in going to college or was it kind of like you got into college and then started seeing things or things started happening to where it, it, it switched you up. Right, so check this out. So my uh, my graduation. Uh, it was high school? High school graduation. I um I remember leaving outside of the um, outside of graduation and I, like to go like find my, my family and stuff. And I couldn't find nobody at first. So I had just like sat down for a second and I literally just sat down. I was by myself and I put my head down and I just started crying, bro. Like, like really? real tears, like the whole ground up under me was like soaking wet, bro. Like, 
And I was just like, bro, like, I just graduated high school, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing next. Like, I knew that I was going to college, but it's like... You still have no idea. I still don't know. Like, I don't even know what college is going to be about. I don't know how none of this shit's going to work out. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't know. Because, like I said, I never applied to a college. I never thought about what... I didn't even really know what college I really wanted to go to. I remember I was on the phone with my girlfriend the night I got the call from the head coach of Charleston Southern University. I remember my stepmom walking home. She was like, Coach Jay Mills on the phone for you. I'm like, Jay Mills? Only Jay Mills I know is a rapper. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I answered the phone. I answered the phone, and he's like, this is Coach Jay Mills from Charleston Southern University. So I'm, I grabbed my up. I'm like, hey, I got to call you back. You know what I mean? So um, that kind of stuff, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It just happened. But, like, when I went to college, um, I was just kind of like, I just felt a little free. I was kind of nervous because I had never been outside of my parents' house. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, my dad kept such, like, tight reins on me because, like, I told you, like, he said he just didn't know what I wanted to do. So, he was just trying to, like, keep me in, like, keep me close. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, I couldn't party in high school. I couldn't do none of that shit. Like, we won a basketball game. Everybody else go to B-Dub, you know what I'm saying, to celebrate. I got to be back at the crib. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, I was never, you never seen me outside of, outside of school. And also, oh, like man. my daddy kept me tight. You know what I mean? Like, and everybody, like people, are, people, um, people say like anybody, like people on here, they'll tell you all about that shit. Like, I got people coming right now to us. Oh, I remember that. This and that. Like, <laughs> bro, like that shit was real. Like that's what I was known for. Like you never seen me outside of school. Wow, very disciplined kind of household. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Did that ever? Did that ever like cause you to be rebellious in any type of way, or no, was it just kind of? I wasn't a bad kid. Like the only time I used to get in trouble is like letting my grades slip or like talking in class. But like I've never skipped class before. I ain't never snuck out of the house. Like I was never one. Of, I was never one of those type of kids. Got it. Even to this day, you know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Like that's just me. I just I've never been like rebellious in, in those type of ways. Absolutely. And you, and you never got like pressured by friends because during like high school, especially. No, I get pressured all the time. Yeah. It's just, like peer pressure, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, but it's one of those things. It's just like as your social circle gets, you know, changes, especially in high school, and you're kind of, you know, you're the kid that at home or you go to school, but you're not going to the parties and things. That kind of affects how you are in school sometimes for a lot of kids. But for you, that just played no effect. Nah, not really. That's- it was. I mean, it was all I knew. This dude's like a total anomaly of like yeah. life. Yeah, like, like it was. It was, that was. That's literally all I knew. You know what I mean? And like, when, so yeah. when I went to college. I kind of, I ain't gonna say I got rebellious, but I kind of like, I didn't have, I wasn't up under my, my dad's thumb no more. So Ooh. I was doing, but that's when I started getting into all kind of shit in the college. Like I was fighting all the fucking time in college and shit, you know what I mean? And just, I was, I started being a club promoter, so I started being in the club a lot. Even though I, st- I still never drank or did no kind of drugs, even though I was in the club scene all the time, you know what I mean? Um, that's when the fashion stuff kind of like, I started being known for it. Like, I was always known as the, the well-dressed cat, but that's when like the fashion stuff was kind of like, oh, thrash the nigga that cutting off the sleeves off of his jean jacket and, you know what I'm saying, doing some different shit and wearing mismatched Chuck Taylors and, you know what I mean, ripping, uh. ripping, up, ripping up his jeans and shit like that. You know what I mean? So that's when all that stuff kind of started once I was, like, on my own and I could do my own shit and I could, I was cutting, I started cutting, I was cutting hair and shit. I remember I was cutting hair for $5 in my dorm room and I had a little money here and there, so I'd go, I'd be buying J's and shit in college or whatever, you know what I mean? Like hey, you're, play, you're playing sports in college. You're, you're yeah, I was football. playing sports, yeah. So... Let's kind of take it back for a moment because I want to I want to dive into from the moment you were crying on your graduation because mm-hmm. one what the fuck was that? Let's like I, I'm still tripping on that because like was it like anxiety? Was it like happiness or sadness it or was, like what the fuck? Because like it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of anxiety. Like damn, what do, like what do I do now? Like I don't know. Like all, my whole life, all I've known is 
school, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like high school and living in my parents' house. Like now, like I don't know how this shit's gonna be me living on my own in a whole nother state. Yeah. You know I mean, like I didn't know what, how that shit was gonna be. But in the same time, it's like I struggled through school. Like I told you, I struggled mm-hmm. with my grades and shit. So it's like the fact that, like, bruh, I just fucking graduated. Like, literally, everything I've known in life, mm-hmm. I just finished that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I did, I was, I never got held back or no shit like that. I never failed, you know what I'm saying? Anything like that. And I was like, bruh, like, I really just accomplished the biggest thing that I've been striving for my whole life right now. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, that's why I kind of like, yeah. it kind of like blew my mind. And I couldn't stop crying that whole day. Like, even the photos, fo- like the photos that people were taking with me after graduation, like when my family actually like came and found me and shit like that. It's like every picture I was still like crying. I was like, boo-hoo fucking crying. Wild. Yeah. That's so I couldn't crazy. stop crying, bro. And those weren't necessarily tears of happiness. Those were like yeah, tears of uncertainty and like, like, yeah, like, like I had so many emotions going on. I'm like, like you look like fuck? you looked up and you were blind almost. Yeah. It was like, wait, what's next? I don't even see it. You know, it's like almost you know, this whole time, <laughs> it just seems like this whole time has been just so comfortable and coasting, and it just like came to this end of now you're really stepping into the unknown. Yep. You know, so many people have that unknown feeling like, Nushi, when you're fucking moving from school to school to school, yeah. you've gone through that many times. Yeah. When people go from middle school to high school, and like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. what's, what's this going to be like? It seems like for you, this was the first time that you felt that little, mm. that, like that transition yeah. that a lot of kids maybe feel in other, other times where it's moving or changing schools or doing something totally outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, because... But like, you felt it at an age where, like, 18, like, you're, you're a man now. Yeah, because, like I was saying, like, you're a man now. I had always been an athlete. I had always been able to dress well. You know what I mean? So it's like, I had, it was never nothing, like, that I was trying to do new. It's like, I was always kind of at the top of the totem pole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even yeah. if I switched schools, I remember when I, when I transferred from Georgia, when I left Georgia and moved to Florida, like, the coaches in Florida were already waiting on me. Like when I when I left Georgia and came to Florida, like the coaches already knew of me. Yeah, I remember I, I went to the um like the wait little, wow I went to orientation and I was ask, I asked um I just asked a random guy I was like uh you know what uh what a football coach is I wanted to go meet the football coach and he was like you're that kid from Mandarin right I was like yeah, like, yeah we've like, yeah, we been waiting on you and I was actually talking to the football coach I didn't know it I was asking him where the football coach was and he was the football coach. your school oh, your college wow. was in Florida. My college was in South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. But I um I left I went to I moved to Florida in tenth grade. Got gotcha. you. Graduated there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. I see. So when I moved when I moved from Florida to, went from Georgia to Florida, it's like I even when I when I first moved there, I moved in like during the, like over Christmas break, like December. So when the next semester started, I started a fresh semester. Mm-hmm. And you know that's the middle of the basketball season already, and I still was able to get on a basketball team in the middle of the season. Like they like I remember my cousin. I had a cousin that lived there. And she took me to um she took me to the basketball on um, basketball coach's classroom because he taught like a math class, and I walked in and he was like, "Come to practice, and we're gonna see how you see how you work with the team or whatever. If we like you, you can dress out. You know what I'm saying? Next game or whatever. Mm. Next game, I was dressing out. It was on from there. Wow. Yeah. So, so it was just like yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. It, like it, it's wild because it's one of those things where it's like it was handed to you. But it was handed to you because of your ability to yeah. be able to like handle it, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So it was one of those like you were naturally gifted mm-hmm. in, especially in sports, and you were finding yourself in these scenarios where like no normal kid has that op. And I didn't understand mm-hmm. that shit. Like, like goes back to what I was saying with my dad. He was like, 
She was like, she was just always. Too Your dad's looking at this like, wait, this yeah, isn't normal. I, I Don't let him come it. on that fucking team. Make him wait until the next season. Yeah, like I didn't understand it because I'm like, this is just life. This is just, <laughs> this is like, I come, I play ball, I do this shit. But I didn't know that everybody else shit ain't that fucking easy. You know what I mean? I didn't know that shit. Wild. Like when I when I my freshman year of high school is the only time I ever tried out for a team. <clears throat> That's the only time I ever tried out for a team. My freshman year of high school. Wow. Like, I was like when I moved to Florida, I never had to try out for a team. When I transferred schools again, I never had to try out for a team. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. And and they were knowing of you. Yeah. Damn. So so going into college that summer before college, or even stepping to that first day in college. That's like a monumental time, right? Yeah. Just for some man, just that yeah. you're in college, like it's weird, man. Yeah. I always, I always say well, the weirdest thing was like going to the grocery store and getting your own groceries, like for you and like not your parents. Or not, it's like well, these are my groceries, this is my yeah. shit. It's like that that sense of like heavy responsibility, but yeah. you don't really know how to like use it. You don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it was. It was so much. It was a little bit of that, but so like once again, I was a freshman and I was a, I was a scholarship athlete. Did you know people going in? Um, I knew like two people that okay. were like coming that, that actually got scholarships from my area as well. Okay. So, but that was it. And but what what I was saying is like me being a scholarship athlete is like your coaches kind of take care of you though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like I still got a parent. You know what I'm uh. saying? Somewhat because everything I do. You know what I'm saying? I got to answer him for it. Or yeah. he's the one who's telling me to go do shit or making sure I'm doing shit I'm supposed to be doing. You know what right, I mean? So right, I still right. kind of had a, a father figure in a way, you know what I'm saying, with my, with my coaches. But outside of them, you know, it was still kind of different. You live in the dorms? Yeah, I live in the dorms. Dorm yeah. life. Yep, yep, yep. That's I had, cool. yeah. We had some interesting turned up nights. <laughs> that's when I first kind of started getting in. Like, Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So you're, you're being in a dorm, you're not under your father's roof in that that. St- that uh, hold anymore you're in a dorm with a bunch of kids that have been like partying from high school yeah this is like they're used to it now they're like now we're doing it and we have no parents like this is just yeah. us now where they step it up so you kind of entered in a room where like everyone's on steroids mm-hmm. in the party zone yeah how'd you kind of acclimate to that that environment um i don't know i just kind of fit in i guess i don't know i honestly don't know so another thing is like my uncle uh, back in Georgia, who like my my mom's brother, mm. he uh he kind of exposed me to a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? When I was around him, mm-hmm. like he was like a drug dealer and all that shit back. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day or whatever. So he um he exposed me to a lot of stuff. So even though I lived with my daddy and he kept them tight reins on me, I still wasn't in. Like, I still was in the know of a lot of stuff because of he kept me involved. Not not I ain't gonna say involved, but he kept me in the know of a yeah. lot of shit. You know what I mean? So I wasn't just like this green kid that didn't know shit about the streets. You okay, know what I, mean? I was still from the streets. Yeah, you just, knew the world existed, yeah, but it was kind of like it's, it's, very, it's just my dad like kept me so tight. He like I don't want you a part of this fucking life. Yeah, but he can't keep me from not knowing about it. You know what I mean? Got it. So it's like it wasn't that hard for me to kind of got it. You know what I mean? Get used to everything as far as like the college crowd. Like I said, I was a promoter and stuff because I was still I was an athlete and I was kind of popular or whatever. Everybody knew me. Mm. I start promoting clubs and that just puts you on a whole another level oh, aside yeah. from being a you know what I'm saying an athlete. Um, what was so, it? What was it like for you that transition from high school athlete to college athlete? Because you're not again, difference. again, you're not a, a high school athlete that's like been playing every single game, yeah. staying healthy, taking it next level. Because yeah. like, I feel like a lot of times you, you being the pure anomaly, also right. You could you can literally play one game in a season and get the scholarship. Mm-hmm. There's guys out here like training, and what a lot of people don't realize in this sports path is. High school to college is a fucking huge. 
yeah. is a huge change of speed, agility, like just like size. Men are entering yeah, into yeah. the battlefield. But then college to the league where everybody yeah, wants to go is a whole nother world. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Right? So what was it like for your natural gifts? to be put to the test in a college form. Because even D1, D2, D3, these cats are still grown men now yeah, yeah. fighting for the chance towards their dreams, yeah. Yeah. right? And you were kind of in this like, shit, I play all sports, I'm very athletic, but not, w was that a hard transition for you? Um. So, nah, so when I got there, the first thing that kind of threw me off is, no. I mean, I'm just like, yeah. man, I was still, I was, still like, I was still out there balling. Like, yeah, yeah. My, my first spring, my freshman year as, on my, my spring game, yeah. I still put up 156 yards receiving with a 56-yard touchdown, you know wow. what I mean, as a freshman. Like, that's, I was still, I was just a raw athlete. Yeah. Bro. But the thing, I was still small because I played safe, I played safety and receiver in high school. I could not but they would not. They I would could. not let me play no safety when I got to college, though. <laughs> oh, I, was, I, was like, I was a buck 80. I was 6'4", <laughs> a buck 85. No, then. no. So they weren't having that shit. Even though I was, I was still an athlete, but they was like, bro, hell no. You already yeah. injury prone any fucking way. We know that. <laughs> yeah. So, but like the, the thing that caught me off guard is like seeing off season how out of shape a lot of these cats be. Like that's one thing I thought. And once you got to college, everybody was just fucking cop, fucking diesel, yeah. all this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I got them like, bro, y'all niggas fat. Y'all niggas got guts. You know what I mean? Y'all niggas smoking weed, getting drunk every fucking night. And then, but soon as season come in and you got to start working out, everybody form up and they get, you know what I'm saying? It's like everybody, they're super focused. In high school, you got a lot of cats just doing shit because they don't want to go home after school. They playing football. They don't really, they ain't really good athletes. But then in high school, it's like, all right, we all here for a reason. In so college, like, when it's time yeah. to buckle down, it's time to buckle down. Yep. Yeah, and that's yeah. one thing that I kind of struggle with is me getting out of my parents' house. It's like I was still trying to be all over the place and do shit. Yeah. So I'm like, I was a raw athlete, but I'm, I'm having trouble learning my playbook and shit. Because Ooh, I, ain't, uh, I don't want to buckle have the down in that and you want to go. Yeah, go, go. I'm sitting there trying to do all this shit and still trying to go to go to class. And I'm still trying to be fly as fuck on campus. And <laughs> still got to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning for workouts. Oof. And I got to learn my playbook. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, was like, it was a lot for me. So I was, I was, I was fucking up a lot in, in that sense. But as far as my talent-wise, I was still raw. Yeah. yeah. W when did it come to a head? Uh... Man, I mean, I got kicked out my sophomore year, so for what? <laughs> uh, I, was, I mean, you, you can't you can't just say that. I mean, man, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people in this fucking world waiting on me to say this answer. I'm gonna say, I was selling Adderall. I was Ooh. selling Adderall. One of my teammates got caught in the on NCAA drug test and snitched on me. Oh, wow! How'd you even get into doing that? Well, I mean, not, not like, just cash hustle. Yeah. Yeah, just I, I don't know, I mean, yeah, in college, everyone that's yeah, everybody. I'll never forget one of my teammates. The way it happened is so I was prescribed Adderall just because I just I don't like I, I got trouble focusing in class. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be in class doing all kind of other shit instead of focusing or whatever. So my dad had took me to the doctor or whatever. They put me in Adderall and like I just I don't need the shit. It's just whatever. So I didn't I don't like taking medicine for one thing. That's just not I don't I'm not a that's why I, don't, I can't do drugs and all that shit. Like I'm not that type of dude. Yeah. And so I just had this bottle of Adderall in my room and I remember I was in class one day I mean I was in uh, the locker room one day and one of my teammates came in there like bro anybody got some fucking Adderall I'm like <laughs> you know, I'm like I said what bro actually as a matter of fact though yeah I'm like hey bro come holler at me real quick you know what I mean? so I started serving cats you know what I'm saying a little Adderall cause I wasn't using the shit you know what I mean I just yeah. sitting there you yeah. know what I mean? and Long story short, one of my teammates ended up getting caught in an NCAA drug test because Adderall, 
it's only accepted if it's like you're prescribed it. You know what I mean? Like, oh. so my team knew that I was prescribed it. So if, it, if I'd have got caught on a drug test, it would have been okay because sure. I was prescribed it. Yeah. But my teammate wasn't. And who fucking knows why the reason he would mention my fucking name when he got caught? Like, still to this day, nobody fucking understands that. Mm. But uh, he could have said he got that from fucking Joe Small off the street. But he happened to say my fucking name. So. Yeah, direct. He could have yeah. got it from somebody off campus. Exactly. So and the crazy thing is, I got kicked out of Because Adderall isn't also, it's not like heroin, where it's like one of those things. It's like, okay, kids are studying using this Adderall yeah. Yeah. to focus. Yeah. 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 So the crazy thing is, I got kicked out of school when I was at home for like over Christmas break. <laughs> Like, the school called my dad and was like, told him the whole rundown. Oh, man. My dad called me in the office. He was like, tell me about these drugs you've been selling. I'm like, huh? And he was like, the Adderall. I was like, oh, shit. And then, low key, I could have, I could have, low key, I could have like appealed that shit and not even got in trouble because like, they didn't, they didn't catch me doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my dad is like, you know what I'm saying? He's a real, like, you know what I'm saying? Genuine guy. He was like, bro, if you did it, you did it. You know what I'm saying? Just admit to it. Mm. I was like, fuck it, I did it. So, um, like, literally, they were so strict about that shit. Like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow me on campus, like, type shit. Wow. That's a, like, so, it's not like you were slanging Adderall to, like, tons of different students. Yeah. It was like, just like. Yeah, it ain't like I was yeah. moving fucking pounds of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, but, yeah, bro. It's not like you had a distributor. Also, like, it, no, knowing what goes on in college. You got the shipment of Addies in yet? <laughs> knowing, <laughs> knowing what really yeah, goes down in college. Yeah. You gave, like, the homie the Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, What? Somebody saw a prescription bottle in your room. Like, Have Yo, you ever man. been to like a frat party? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, what? Bro. Yeah, so it, it turned up on my shit. So, um, yeah, so that, that whole little shit went down. And now I'm like, now I'm really fucked. I'm like, damn, I'm a fucking statistic. Wow. You know what I'm, I'm this, you know what I'm saying? Black kid with all this fucking talent went to school and fucked up. And now I don't know what the fuck I'm finna do. But the one thing I told my dad I wasn't gonna do was I was not moving back home. So, I went back to school, grabbed all my shit. I moved in with my girlfriend at the time. She's, she, she didn't actually go to my school, but she lived, like, in the same area. I moved in with my girlfriend. I'm like, bro, I'm going to figure some shit out. So, I was trying to get jobs and shit. I'm trying to, since me being a college athlete, I was trying to get jobs like, a gym and shit like that. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Couldn't get a job for nothing. So, remind you, I told you I was a, a promoter. And one of the biggest promoters in Charleston at the time was a barber and I didn't even know it, but I was working with him. I was working with him in the club scene and never knew. And then somebody else telling him he was a barber, I was like, oh shit, let me holler at bro, see if I get in a barbershop. Cause I had been cutting hair the whole fucking time. You know what I mean? Everybody knew we were cutting hair on campus. So he was like, yeah, I can get you in the shop. You know what I'm saying? Help you get your license and this and that and this and that. So I told my girl, I was like, I'm gonna handle this situation, get on my feet, I'm gonna be out. So she was like, cool. You didn't want to go back to school? Like to another school? Um, no, so they actually, my, the school I went to, so I was suspended for a year. So they wanted me to transfer to a JUCO out here in California. Matter of fact, they wanted me to transfer to a JUCO out here in California and come back to them after that year suspension was over. Wow. I'm really? like, bro, y'all. Like specifically in California. Yeah. I'm like, bro, first of all, y'all crazy as hell. Y'all think I'm going to come back here. You know what I mean? <laughs> after going to JUCO. I'm like, I'm going to go bigger if I do anything. <laughs> but um, I think what happened, I think I just got, I don't even remember exactly. I just remember I, I got in a barbershop and things were just going well. You know what I mean? I was young still. I was like 19 and I was making good money. You know what I mean? So mm. all of my friends are still college kids, but I got my own crib. got a dope whip. You know what I mean? I'm making money and shit. I got a pocket full of cash. And... I think I, was, I just got comfortable. Mm-hmm. Got it. But then I still, at the same time, I still was a creative. 
But um, but anyway, so I was sitting in a barbershop, bro, and I'm watching TV, and I'm like, bro, whoever cutting all these cats hair, these rappers and movie stars, I'm like, bro, these niggas ain't getting no $12 for a haircut. And that's how much we would charge for a haircut in a barbershop. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started thinking. But, like, everybody else that was in the barbershop was, like, older cats. You know what I mean? I was the only young cat. Everybody else was, like, married with kids and shit. You know what I yeah. mean? And they had been there their whole life doing the same shit their whole life. You know what I mean? That was the extent of what they wanted to do, as far as I know. And... I was I was just talking crazy shit. Like I, I used to name my haircuts. My hair, the first name my haircuts ever had was two bitches in a blowjob. Stop that. I used to call my haircuts two bitches in a blowjob. <laughs> I used to tell people like, bro, you get a cut by me, bro. You guaranteed to get two bitches in a blowjob after you get that cut. <laughs> That's lit. So like it became a thing though. Like people used to really come to the barbershop, like, hey bro, let me get that two bitches in a blowjob. You know what I mean? Like it was a <laughs> I say it was a thing for real, but they thought I was just young and talking yeah. crazy and reckless. But like really, bro, this was a form of branding and shit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so. I was like, bro, all I need to do is have access to these celebrities. If I get the access to these celebrities, I cut just as good as any of these other barbers who cut in their fucking hair. Yeah. So um, I was actually supposed to be moving to Atlanta to play ball again because I ended up finding out that I had like a year and a half left of eligibility to play ball or whatever. And um, everyone knew that I was about to move to Atlanta. Everybody just that thrashed about to move to Atlanta. He leaving Charleston. And this chick that I was talking to at the time, she's like a big like um, YouTuber right now. She's like a big like YouTube vlogger. Yeah. And she was about to move to LA, and she's like, "Bro, she's like, why you just don't move to LA with me? Do some shit you really want to do." And she's like, "You can crash with me till you get on your feet." I like shit. Fuck it. I mean, I'm a barber. I got a barber's license. I can transfer that motherfucker. So literally, the day she told me that shit, I called my dad. And like, hey, did what I'm about to do. It's a move. He was like, Nah, I don't want you to do that. The LA shit different. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You ain't never been nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, my, I ain't never been on the airplane before. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I'm wow. a country ass little kid. So, um, You've never been on the airplane. Yeah, I had never been on the airplane before. Like, I had wow. never, I had, I hadn't been nowhere higher than like, no, I lie. I had been to like Ohio, but like on a bus. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I had never really been nowhere, but that, and that was as a kid itself. I had Florida, Georgia, <laughs> South Carolina. That's all I knew. Mm. Wow. And, uh, and I'm like 19, 20. And I was all like 20, 21 at the time. And um, I was like, I bet. So my dad was like, he didn't want me to go. I, t- I talked to my mama. She was like, she didn't want me to go, but she supported me. My mom support whatever I do. You know what I mean? So I, um, two weeks later, I moved to L.A. <laughs> I had never been on a plane. Never thought about moving to L.A. Like L.A. seemed like some... Some fairy tale shit to me, like some shit you only see on TV or you only see it in movies. Like mm-hmm. people don't really live in LA, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Regular people don't live in LA. That's yeah. just TV. Yeah. And I moved out here and like I just started making shit shake. You know what I'm saying? I was still coming from the south. You grow up being a hustler. You know what I'm saying? You got to do whatever it takes to make your ends meet. Like I said, I was in high school cutting half of five dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I moved out here and I remember the first gig I had. Uh, I was cutting hair in a nail salon. I was the only barber cutting hair in a nail salon just because I just needed somewhere mm. to try to meet people. And it was like a shopping center. So I'm out there hustling. I'm in Gardena and shit with all these bloods and shit like that, trying to, you know what I'm saying, networking. Like, hey, bro, come let me cut your shit, bro. Get you right. And uh, so that shit just transitioned, bro. And I was just bouncing from like place to place trying to find my way, man. And like, I will say my second month in LA is when I got my first client, my first celeb client. And that was French Montana. And I'll never forget, I didn't, I knew of him. Because he had like his song was like buzzing in the club and shit. Yeah. But I didn't know I didn't know what he looks like. And I remember I was driving to Hollywood to this hotel. He was standing at the Madrion that day that day. And I was driving to the Madrion and I'm Googling French Montana so I know what he looks like when I get there. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not yeah. gonna have that college coach the, the coach experience. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Googling this and you're like, let me make sure I know what he looked like when I get there, cause 
You know what I mean? Wow. How'd that really? opportunity come? Yeah. So the way it happened, so when I moved here, I didn't know nobody. It was just me and that chick. <laughs> and where'd you, where, what part of LA? You moved uh, to I, was, I moved to uh, Ladera Heights. Okay. I moved to Ladera Heights. Got it. So I didn't know nobody when I moved here. So the chick that I moved here with, the complex we were staying in, it was these two club promoters that lived there. And I met them and we got cool. I started cutting their hair and stuff. They started bringing me to the club with them. I was in the club four, five nights a week mm. when I first moved here. Every single week, religiously, for months. And I just got exposed to a lot of shit, a lot of people. Yeah. I was tall, like a dress. You know what I'm saying? I was different. And people just like, they only knew me for the fashion, though. People didn't really know what I did. So I remember I was talking to this chick one night after the, cl- um, after the club. We were standing outside of, uh, it's, it was called True Hollywood back then. Wow. It was, it's Argyle now, but it was True Hollywood Wild. back then. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. standing, we were standing outside on the corner. And we were just chopping it up. And she was like, oh, she was just th- just talking to herself. She was like, oh, shit, I forgot I got to find a barber for French tomorrow. I was like, you how wild I'm like, is that? Yeah, I'm like, you know I'm a barber, right? She's like, nah, nigga. I just thought you were just a nigga that dressed cool. I ain't know what you did. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm a barber. So she was like, oh, shit, well, let me see some of your work. And I uh, sent her to French and see if he fuck with it. So I sent her some photos. She sent her to French. He approved. The next day, you know what I'm saying? I'm on the way to, you know what I'm saying, cut French for the first time. Yeah. And like from that shit, that shit just started snowball affecting the different people from that to athletes and you know what I mean? Everything. And that's how I kind of started developing my name. Like I can honestly say I developed my original my original name in Hollywood from the club. Mm. Yeah, so the club scene is what kind of helped me get get out there out here in LA. Absolutely. What what was it for you that like attracted you to the club scene being that you were kind of brought up reserved, right? It, 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 it's, 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 it's incredible for me to see this dichotomy of you, mm-hmm. right? Of being brought up very cultured and nurtured mm-hmm. from the family, but then also being able to be so expressive mm-hmm. externally. Um, what was it that kind of drew you to the club? It started in college when I was promoting it was strictly a money scheme. It was like, how can I make some money, like some real money in college? Yeah. And we started, I started a, 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 um, a entertainment group called Fan Club Entertainment. And mm. it, it stands for fly ass niggas. Fan, it was F-A-N, Fan Club, fly ass <laughs> niggas. Entertainment. And like, we, like, we was big. Like, we was like, kid, like shutting down fucking frat parties and shit for our party. You know what I mean? Like, our parties was popping. Wow. And so when I moved to L.A., it's like I knew I didn't want to be a promoter no more, mm. but I was still – that was the life I was used to. Yeah, I was in the club all the fucking time. You know what I mean? It. That's what I was used to. That's what the most people going to see my fit. You know what I mean? Like, so that, that's what it. it was. And the right people going to yeah. see my fit. Especially, especially out here in L.A. Yeah. So, um, so it was kind of comfortable for me when I moved out here. Especially, I just – I learned – how I learned Hollywood shuffle and shit out here. You know what I mean? It was like a little different. Like out there, we ain't got bottle service and you know what I'm saying? All this and that and all these, you know what I'm saying? Foreign women and shit like that. Like we didn't have all that stuff. But out here, it's like I learned, I learned the Hollywood shuffle. I learned how to move. You know what I'm saying? I learned how to look comfortable. You know what I'm saying? I learned how to uh, infiltrate certain circles and stuff. You know what I'm saying? To get where I got to go. You know what I mean? It's the Hollywood shuffle. You know what I'm saying? We all know what it is. Absolutely. So um, once I learned that kind of stuff, it's like then I could kind of be, be myself and get where I was trying to go. So it's like, okay, the type of people that I'm looking for, they hang, they hang out in these crowds. So it's like now that I, I've learned the overall um, view, all right, I'm going to start going to these kind of parties and networking with these kind of people. You know what I mean? So, And the good thing about me is like the way I dress and the way my personality is, is like totally different. So I can I can move in the ratchet clubs and I can move in the fucking Soho house. You know what I mean? I know, yeah. how, to, I know how to work all these on rooms. Mm. So like that's always been a good thing about me as well. Just like the way I was raised is like, yeah, I come from the hood, but I was raised strict. So 
I know both ends of it. Yeah. You know I mean? So that that always worked good. Uh, good work. good for me. Incredible. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> coming from like the country to the city, especially LA. There's huge like conglomerates, super active, and to to come in that like smoothly into it, you just mm-hmm. don't hear about that. Yeah. Did you have any down? Like, was there a challenge getting in in your first month or two? Was there any struggle moments that you faced? Like, all right, I don't know if I if I should be here. Maybe I should go back. Was there anything that threw you off? Yeah, I had a uh, I had a situation where I actually thought I was gonna have to move back, mm. and um, I was really I was really messed up. And I was I remember um, I was t- the chick that I was dealing with at the time. I remember telling her, and I remember she broke down crying on my shoulder. What happened? No, I just oh, oh that, I thought I was going to leave because oh wow. So the chick that I was living with, she she was living in the military. It had some shit to do with the guy that she was engaged, supposed to be engaged to, and she wasn't supposed to be living with someone else because the military was paying for her house, and she was supposed to be living with someone else that mm. um that she wasn't uh, engaged to, some shit like that. And I had to move, and it's like I still wasn't on my feet really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean to move out. So I was like, damn, I might have to move back to the crib. Mm. And so the chick was like, so I had her and then I had my business partner that I had my, my homeboy that I had just started like a little blog with or whatever. And they were both like, bro, we ain't letting you go back to the crib. Like, like you came out here for a reason mm-hmm. and you got real niggas who gonna hold you down. So the chick, she held me down. She, uh, she let me like move a lot of my stuff out into her garage or her crib. And I started crashing with, um, with, Nor- with Norris. I started crashing with him. So I had, I was literally living out of a bag on, on Norris couch for the longest. Wow. You know what I mean? So that's some shit that I was going through. And like people don't know, like I was fucked up for so long, bro. Like I was fucked for years out here. I was fucked up living on couches and shit, but like no one ever knew it. Cause one, I'm a barber. I stay with a fresh cut, stay clean shaven, stay dressing nice. People never knew that I was fucked up. Sometimes I ain't have a dollar in my pocket, but you can never tell because of the way I carry myself and the type of people I associate myself with. What was that like for you? Like I want to, I want to go, cause that's like the creative struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And, I feel like, you know, L.A. And, and, and these, especially L.A. is one of those areas where it's, it's really a fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. And the concept of that, it holds very true because to get to wherever you're trying to go, it's, it's an arduous journey, whatever field it is, right? But in, 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 in Los Angeles, I feel especially is that a lot of entertainment is smoke and mirrors, mm-hmm. right? So... The aspiration to want to do something is one thing, but then also like the grind that it takes to really aspire to do it is another, mm-hmm. right? A lot of shit sounds good until it either doesn't or it hits, mm-hmm. right? And you're willing to, you you naturally knew there was so much in life you wanted and you were willing to do whatever the fuck it took to get there. Mm-hmm. What did that do for your psyche in living in this glamorized world, but also like hustling and doing whatever the fuck it took, but knowing that it's like, bro, like, I feel like it's one of those things in in, in our heads as we start evolving of like, when the fuck is this going to hit? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm still like that today. I'm like, bro, when am I going to really, you know what I'm saying, get to that level where where I'm comfortable? I'm I'm still not comfortable. I'm better than I was, but I'm Mm -hmm. not comfortable yet. Mm -hmm. But, um... Back to when you had, you had mentioned about uh, by faking it till you making it, but that's one thing I can say I never did. I never faked it till I made it. Like people just didn't know 
unless you talk to me. If you talk to me, you, everyone knew what you know I'm saying. I wasn't as comfortable as I would. Like, bro, like I was developing out this fan base from being a stylist and being a model and all this stuff and a blogger and that's like, social media and shit. I got all these followers on Instagram. And, like, I'm, I'm running into my fans and shit on the bus and on the train and shit like that. You know what I mean? And they like, bro, like, you take the train? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm regular as fuck. Man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but people didn't, people, were, the perception was so much larger than what the reality was. But it's not like I was faking it. It's just, I just don't, I'm not going to walk around. Oh, I'm fucked <laughs> y'all up don't today. Know, y'all don't know what I'm really like. <laughs> yeah, y'all like, don't. I'm not fucked up. Like, I ain't got no ego. I remember calling my boy Wood one day. I remember like, hey, bro. I'm fucked up right now, my nigga. I need some. Uh, can you take me to the grocery store and like give me some, um, give me some, um, some food on your, um, on your EBT card? And he was like, he was like, bro, that's some real shit. The fact that you really humbling up there, like calling, ask me that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I ain't got no ego, bro. Like, I feel like the shit that I'm going through, my nigga, is my story. And I feel like if I, if I didn't go through this stuff, it's like, what are you really living for? If you ain't really got no story to tell, you know what I'm saying? With your, you know what I'm saying? When you get to your success. So, like, I have no ego to anything that I've been going through, bro. Like, people that know me to, like, really hang out with me, they know all the shit that I done went through and yeah. been through. You know what I mean? I don't fake shit about what I was doing. Because I feel like that's the reason I'm going through this shit is the reason I want to be able to tell other people so, like, maybe they can skip that part and maybe, like, okay, well, Thrash fucked up doing this, so maybe I shouldn't take that route because, you know what I'm saying, he saw that that wasn't the route to go. You know Absolutely. I mean? So everything is a lesson. you damn right How do you this. deal with that pressure, though? Because especially being in L.A. and surrounded by so many people, we're in a city where per, one perception is everything it can be everything yeah. very quickly and two people do have tremendous egos especially in the industry you're in mm-hmm. dealing with celebrities dealing with people that work for the celebrities that think they're celebrities mm-hmm. it's crazy to hear that you have no ego i mean it's a very special thing about it you know it's also but, a testament to like where where and where and how he was raised. Hundred percent, and I think I think that played a huge part in, in moving to a city like this, where so many people come here and completely fake who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually being like prideful in that mm-hmm. is like, look, this is who I am. I'm regular as fuck. Again, it's an anomaly to to this whole thing. But did you ever feel like? I feel like I've had the pressure. Yeah, I've had the pressure, but. I've never like succumbed to it. Cause like when you're working for, like for a celebrity, giving a celebrity a haircut, mm-hmm. don't you have to feel like you're at a certain level to even have mm-hmm. that opportunity? Yeah. And doesn't that kind of counteract it when you're like sleeping on a couch? Um, I don't know, I see where you're coming from, but like yeah. I feel like it wasn't really like the that psychological really, aspect. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I, I honestly feel I feel exactly what you're saying, but um, no, cause I just I'm not a. I'm not a down and I, I can't let myself be down in the dumps because yeah. I know I know it's better days. I know I'm still doing better than other people. I know it's other people going through shit way worse than me. I guess yeah. it's more like a confidence thing. Yeah. You so know? like I just to be able to dress the way I was fucking dressed and do the shit I was doing, have you have that. to have a level yeah. of confidence yeah. Yeah. no matter what your situation is. You know what I mean? And I, and I got a lot of good people, a lot of real people like in my corner that mm. still talk to me, you know, say every day and let me know like, bro, like you doing some good <coughs> shit and like you're affecting people and like your 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 testimony is reaching people and people are respecting that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like my boy Q, I remember he had to tell me one day on the phone because he still live he's he lived back in Atlanta now. And he was like, bro, like back here at the crib, it's like people look up to you way bigger than when you were actually here. Mm. And like they don't know the shit that you're going through. Like mm-hmm. he knows what I was going through. Yeah. He's like, they think you up here, they think you this big huge celebrity and don't know that they're doing better than you are. How wild is that? That's insane. In, in, in that type of perception. Yeah. yeah. And like I feel like that really will get to people. And it's one of those things, it's a testament to you though, because a lot of people get crossed up in how things look. 
mm-hmm. right? How things seem. I think one of the, the 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 biggest things that 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 when I look at you, I smile. Is that as a human being, you're so normal in that you're comfortable with the humanity of just pure living, right? You're very confident, and you have like it, it, it's it, it's really like beautiful to see. Like you have this sense like sensibility of 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 comfort and home but you also have very high aspirations mm-hmm. right and you're also grounded in knowing that this is me but I want more mm-hmm. and it's not that you're okay how can this how can this really like put me up or everything for you was adding to what you already had at, at its core as opposed to like a new transformation of who you're going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of those those things that really gets people in that fake it till you make it scenario is if you don't understand who you are and you you reach a level where you start having this social media acclaim or all these types of things or even like musicians or athletes if you don't know who you are and you start becoming mm-hmm. like your your essence is lost. Done. Yeah, like that's that's what we call getting lost in the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Seriously. Yeah, and you also have to deliver in, I think, what you do, too. Like, mm-hmm. going to that, your first opportunity working with French, were you nervous going in, like, or were you like, all right, it's, it's, it's showtime, or? I was, ner- I was nervous as shit. I mean, I was nervous as shit. I was sweating as shit. But after... After... Sweat. After, after <laughs> like, literally sweat. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm talking about, like... but after after so many times of dealing with that shit and start when you start hanging out with celebrities and people of no saying higher no saying statuses like that it's like you realize like bro these niggas regular ass niggas like me yeah they they low-key got more insecurities than i do you know what i mean so like once you start realizing that it's like bro this nigga he just like my client i just cut earlier today who paid me fucking 20 dollars. you know what i mean like straight up so once once i once that kind of reality struck it's like bro we all we all we all equal out here. We all we humans, are. bro. Yeah, that's one thing people tend to forget, like the human aspect of all yeah. this. shit. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's so much, there's so, there's so much sauce, but yeah. like, is it your sauce or is it like you just out here in a bowl? You jumped yeah. in, like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. Um, how was it for you juggling? Were you searching for kind of a lane, or were you just on the tip of of that southern hustleality, if you will, right? <laughs> Of just like I'm gonna hustle until I get it. That's what I'm gonna figure it out. Uh, if yeah. one hits, like I'm still doing this. Like, or was it like, okay, let me narrow it down? Mm. Um, because you seem no, like a very I'm, eclectic dude. Yeah, I'm. I'm literally just getting to that point where I'm starting to narrow shit down because okay. I've just always been hustling. It's like because I was I was fucked up for so long that it's like I got to do whatever I got to do to make ends meet. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was just all hustle. But I started kind of like I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to cut celebrity hair. I knew I wanted to get paid in one haircut what I was getting paid for a whole day of working in a barbershop. That's what I knew I wanted to do. You know what I mean? But it was still like, the reason I stopped working in a barbershop is because the barbershop was hindering me from being able to go to events and network and do other things that I wanted to do. So like, I literally had to like jump off the porch and be like, all right, yeah, I'm working in a barbershop. I'm cutting hair all day. I'm, I got a little money in my pocket, but I'm miserable. I'm doing the same shit I was doing back at the crib now. Mm. You know what I mean? So I was like, I had to jump out the porch and get get out of the shop so I could be able to move move around and do other shit. So that and that was and that's another thing is like I'm not comfortable with just making money. Like I want to do what the fuck I love to do. So even though I was making money, I wasn't loving that shit no more. So I was like, bro, I gotta go do some other shit. So that's why I jumped out of the barbershop and I went back to being fucked up again. 
I went back to being more fucked up. Oh, what's that like? Yeah, like, see, we, and we hear that that so much in yeah. these in these stories in our guests. That moment where it's like, fuck it, I'm jumping and I'm going back because knowing one of the most challenging things is jumping and knowing like the money isn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Money is the biggest reason I feel why people stay where they are. And and that's the conversation I said I was having with my boy Cuba when he was like, everybody back at the crib, mm. he's like, they low-key doing better than you financially, yeah. but they fucking miserable working these nine-to-fives every day and coming home to their fucking baby mama cussing them out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they baby throwing up on the fucking couch, and, you know what I'm saying? And they, they waking up and doing the same shit over and over while you out here living the fucking life. You may not be making a lot of money right now, but you you living, you know what I mean? I'm, Absolutely. I'm in the clubs hanging out mm. with this person doing that shit or... I'm cutting this person's hair or I'm, I'm backstage at this concert with such and such or, you know what I mean? I got the opportunity to go here. I'm in Vegas for the Mayweather fight and, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm associated with certain people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, I'd rather be living this life right now while I'm still trying to find my way instead of putting in 40 hours a week making somebody else rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're so damn right. That was, that was my mentality. What other things did you do? Did you have, like, uh, did you have other hustles, other jobs, like just um, to make those ends meet? I mean, shit, like I said, I was cutting hair. Uh, I was doing like little styling stuff. I had started a blog trying to get some stuff moving with that. I was still doing like little odd end model jobs and stuff. I was going to casting editions, trying to do some acting shit, knowing that ain't, knowing damn well, that ain't what I came out here for. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's some other shit I done did, bro? I done did so much shit. I was selling, I started selling my sneakers and stuff. I started selling sneakers. Um, what else I've been doing out here, bro? I mean, I done did so many different things that like didn't even stick. I was just doing it for the moment because I had the opportunity. Same way with this, the college situation. It's like I didn't come in here like no, I'm gonna be a dope boy. It was just like <laughs> seeing the opportunity. I'm gonna make it fit because you know what I mean. Absolutely, the opportunities right here. Yeah. So I had a lot of little odd and things I was doing. You know what I'm saying just to kind of make shit shake. When did it start to click uh, internally? I don't know if I have an answer to that, bro. Because I Word. still feel like I'm still, I'm still hustling. Mm. I'm still hustling. I still, I'm, I'm still not comfortable with where I'm at. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm in a better place than I was. Yeah. But I still feel like I'm still learning shit. I'm still networking. I'm still trying to get in certain doors. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it clicked early for me. What the recipe was. The recipe clicked for me months after moving out here. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm sitting back watching cats. I'm watching cats who are really Hollywood as fuck, who are, they only fuck with certain people for a certain reason, and they talk shit about them going behind their back, and they doing this and that, and I'm sitting back, and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to involve myself, but let me let me scope the scene right quick. Mm. Let me scope the scene and see what's going on so I can recognize these people when they come in my circle. You know what I mean? So, like, I peep game early. You know what I mean? But... Still to this day, I'm still hustling. I'm still grinding for the same things that I was. You know what I'm saying when I was when I was here when I was first uh, when I first moved out here. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel like it'll ever be not, now with, with with that? Do you feel like it'll ever be a scenario where it's like a breath of fresh air, or do you think that it's just naturally the hustle that has you wanting to keep evolving? Because mm. like it, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be a good or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Not, and like now that I felt it that way, it's like I feel like. You've constantly been on the run, right? But now it's like, instead of running towards something that you have no idea what you're running towards, you're now in a position where you're running, you're seeing ends that you want to go towards, and you're just sprinting. Yeah. The hustle is always going to like be in your spirits, right? Mm-hmm. If you, like, where, where do you see it going? So, honestly, just a better 
financial situation to what my liking would be yeah. is what would kind of be that breath of fresh air as you were saying because I'm doing shit that I I'm doing I'm living the fucking life that people want to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just not where I want to be with it. So I feel like once I got a better financial situation, I don't have to break my back to be doing every fucking thing running ripping and running all over the place to do shit especially i just had a kid like Mm. i just had my first son you know what i mean appreciate it brother and like that shit is just it turns it on another notch now it's like okay i was hustling for myself now now i gotta hustle for this little nigga yeah you know what i mean yeah so it's like now i gotta turn it up even more it ain't me just trying to feed myself now yeah you know what i mean so it's like now it's like it's even more pressure so it's like, I can't say I was ever, you know what I'm saying? That's why I say I can't ever say I kind of was, I, I hit a peak. Because now it's like, I'm back to square one again. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Yeah. How, how's that, how's this journey been for you? Like LA, I feel like when you came to LA, everything just started actualizing, right? Mm-hmm. It started becoming more real. Your, 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 your scene also allowed you to really make all these realities come to life. Because you could be in, in any, any area across the United States, mm-hmm. be a dope barber, be this, be that. But like, you're not going to get those types of characters, whether it's, whether it's the athletes or the entertainers or the celebrities. So now you took yourself on a whim to an area that was gonna allow you to thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Your your personality and, and also your abilities allowed you to really be like a beacon of light within within these spaces, right? Naturally, um, it's crazy to think because naturally you hustling, you in all these areas, you have all this access. What's it like dealing with the fact that you still gotta hustle to make the ends meet? Because in all of these creative worlds, it's one of those things where all of these, whether it's a stylist or whether it's a barber or whether it's all these things, the game in and of itself still makes cats, the, the pieces of, of that puzzle, like go through an indentured servitude before their worth ties up with how much they're being paid for what they do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the entertainment industry, especially in, in these styling worlds and, and, the, and the grooming and all these spaces, until your brand is solidified and locked into where you say either you, you come fuck with me or you don't, mm-hmm. cats are really trying to make it work because everybody wants to squeeze as much out of creative individuals as they can to get what they need but not necessarily pay for what it's worth. Yeah. Right? And naturally, you have to go through a cycle of paying dues mm-hmm. if you will but i feel like in, in 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 this space paying dues is something that like it's really walking along a tightrope did you have to deal with that like do, are you still dealing with that in in that aspect of these multitudes of things yeah um not so much um now i feel like i know my worth so even if like i could i could i could low key need the money but if i feel like i feel like somebody's trying to get over on me yeah then I'm like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll hustle in another way. To, when, does that, to get... when does that moment happen? Um, hmm. When does that happen? I don't know. I feel like when I was, when I was just trying to, I think when I, when I, when I took, when I got a grasp of how everything worked, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I understood that, okay, I have to do certain things in order for people to gain my trust or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? People to, to, to see my work. You might understand, like, I just don't walk in the door with a resume. I have to yeah. do shit to develop a resume. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I understood that. But once I done did certain shit, and I'm like, bro, like, nigga, I don't work with fucking prints, bro. Like, 
You know what I mean? I don't work with all these other A-listers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know I'm dope now, and I know what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to do shit for free for you no more because you can see that I'm worth, you can see that I'm worth paying for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that, once I got to that point, I was like, Okay, if y'all if y'all if y'all plan on if y'all playing games and don't want to give me what I'm what I'm asking for, it's like I'm cool. Go let somebody else fuck your shit up. So mm. it's, it's such a huge part of like the journey when you're when you're doing anything entrepreneurial is that first period where you have to kind of your your worth actually and your value isn't dollars yet. It's building your credibility. Is building like trust in people. Is building your reputation and your confidence and your in confidence. all of that and and people's confidence in you. Mm-hmm. And so all that, even though it's not dollars, it's a different kind of value that that mm-hmm. sets the foundation. But then there is that moment where you kind of have to switch and say like, well, now this is a dollar game. Now I do have to charge what I'm actually worth. But it's just an interesting point I always like to talk about is is kind of the, that grind part where you have to build and not forget about the credibility and the reputation that you're trying to to build and invest in yourself um you can't just come out the gates like well i know i'm dope and i'm I'm not getting any work because i should be getting paid what that guy's getting paid and since they're not paying me that i'm not going to do it mm-hmm. you have to kind of sacrifice that even though you're working at that level or even higher yeah you still have to drop that to build your your credibility. Yeah. <clears throat> and even like that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like when I had to to learn the game and I started seeing how certain shit worked, mm-hmm. it's like okay, I may have to sacrifice not getting paid what I want to get paid or what I feel like I should be paid for this job. But it may put me in a it may put me in the right room with people who can book, who can the relationships yeah, yeah who can who can book me more consistently yeah. instead of just me trying to get this big lump sum for this one project. Okay, maybe I can if I do this shit for the price that they want me to do it for, I can get more consistent work and it'll it'll work out better than you know what I'm saying, me trying to get this big lump sum. Absolutely. So, one, so that's what I'm saying. It was it was a whole learning game of learning how to work the the entrepreneurial game. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no office job. So it's like shit ain't it ain't there it isn't written. There's no rule book. Yeah, it ain't no rule book to this shit. Yeah. So it's like you gotta learn the game. And that's why I had to sit back and humble myself and like learn that shit and see. That's what I'm saying. I sat for a long time. I sat back and I just watched how people move. Yeah. And it's like Okay, normally that ain't no shit I do, but I see how that shit worked out for worked in his favor, you know what I'm saying, in the long run. So it's like, okay, maybe now I can change the way I think about certain things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just that's how the game is. <coughs> Absolutely. No, no. You have to study the game. Oh, you have hundred percent. You have yeah. to be a student, not only like in your own craft, but seeing how it moves. And especially in a game that's as murky as, as, as these these areas yeah. are. You and know it what was a lot of bro. It's, it's so many fuck niggas that I ran into out here, bro. And it's like, bro, like I'm really <laughs> with the shits, bro. Like, I ain't with all these these games and shit that people be playing. Yeah. But it's like sometimes you just gotta let people be them. Yes. Let them fuck up they shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And remain humble and remain true to you. And then your shit comes back. When you a genuine motherfucker, you do genuine shit. Yeah. And you got a good fucking product. Absolutely. Shit's gonna work out. That's Absolutely. why, like, that's why I don't get. I don't get discouraged that I'm not at the level where I, uh, I think I should be right now or I want to be. is because I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that I'm not half-assing my job. Yeah. I know that I'm not taking days off. You know what I mean? So when it's time, when the timing is right, I'm going to be blessed. So I'm just, I just keep doing what I do. Absolutely. I mean? How much is what you do for you, just personally, the, the creative aspect of it, of you know, utilizing your creative mind, mm. filling your creative soul, or is it more a skill that you got really dope at that you can see building a business? Um, it's a skill that I got really dope at, and I'm doing I'm doing 
well with it, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm affecting people with it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of people who look up to me with this. And, like, even though I have a, a broader spectrum with things and there's other things that I want to do later on in life, mm-hmm. like, right now, it's people that need me to be doing this. Yeah, mm. I, don't, I don't just have to be doing this for the money. It's like, it's other people that need me to be doing this. It's people, I get DMs all day. I get, um, I get like, fan mail all day about stuff that I low-key didn't care about at the time. But, like, when people message me, like, bro... I'm a, uh, I live in South Carolina and I want to be a barber and I used to, you know what I'm saying, see your stuff back in the day on Facebook and this and that and you inspired me to do this and can you check out this and let me know what you think about it and it's like, damn bro, like, I low-key didn't even want to cut my, I low-key didn't want to tell my client I wasn't cutting today, you know what I'm saying, over here, <laughs> yeah. but I know that I need to be doing this shit because you, you know what I'm saying, that shit might strive for you to be somewhere different for your job it's tomorrow. Big, it's bigger than yeah, you. Yeah, it's bigger than me. That's interesting. But, so, even, so even with this, it's like, I'm doing this shit every day for myself, but also for others. Yeah. Like, I don't do everything just for myself. Yeah. You know I mean, like, once I realize that I'm an actual influencer and people need this shit, bro, it's like I'm influenced by so many other things. And if I didn't have those things, I wouldn't be where I'm at. That's so, absolutely. like, if I, if, I don't, if I don't continue doing what I'm doing, people aren't going to get where they need to be. Mm. You know what I mean? It's crazy that you take that type of responsibility yeah. for that. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, look, this is me. I don't give a fuck what that sounds like. So I don't much give in a fuck art. What I've said yeah. or done, like, y'all, you got to digest it. Yeah. But you've gotten to this point where you're like, look, like, because it's liberating, right? To, 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 to even think, like, bro, it, 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 there's pressure, but it's also very, like, liberating in the sense of, like, damn, I'm doing it, I'm struggling through this, right? It may seem a lot better, but there's also the youth that look up to what I'm doing, right? I'm, I have to win. Mm-hmm. I have to win because I got to let you know that you can too, mm-hmm. right? So there's nobody that's going to stop th- this, this train from rolling, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm destined to win now. Dude, it's it's one thing I think about with music, yeah. and it, it's such a cool perspective that you said that. You know, with music or art, where people are like, I'm doing this for myself. I'm gonna make the album I want to make. I'm gonna make the art that I want to make. And the way I've always viewed music or art is like, there's two components. You create it coming from you, but mm-hmm. the other thing is also is meant to be shared. Yeah. That's how they like live off each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you can actually exist as an artist. Exactly. And that shared part often gets lost with like the selfishness or the just like ego yeah. of the artist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so you just come out the gates and say that. That's why I was, I was curious, like how much is this actually your creative art of like, how much does it inspire you versus mm-hmm. what you're putting out there yeah. and affecting? So yeah, really like, interesting perspective. Yeah, yeah I, I, love, I love everything that I do. Like I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. Like yeah, that's why yeah. I've never really worked like a nine to five like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, I've when I have worked like a job, it was like for like a month or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? Like I've never really worked a job because I refuse to do some shit that I don't love to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I refuse to do it. Like even if it's just to just to put some money in my pocket, it's like nah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I have to be. I figure out how to do yeah, this. I have to be genuine to myself. So yeah. How 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 is it with, with your parents right now? Like. Um, I mean, everything's great. They, um, uh, I mean, I ain't asking them for shit no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, like, they, they like that. Um, and like I said, so let me, let me go back to when I say I sat down, me and my dad sat down. It was my first time going back home to visit Florida after I had moved to LA. Got it. And, um, me and my dad sat down at the table, uh, eating some food or whatever. And that's when he told me about, 
he felt like I never, you know what I'm saying? He, he never knew what I really had a passion for. That's why he was so hard on me. And he was like, now, he was like, I don't understand what you're doing, but I see that you love what you're doing and you, that you're being effective with it. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm cool with that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You found, you found your lane in what you're doing, and I respect that as a man. Yeah. Like, you ain't asking me for nothing no more. You're making your own ends meet. So that is, that's, oh, I don't know what the fuck happened. But yeah, so that was that was that was that was one thing. What what else? What what is what did you? How how'd that feel for you? It felt good just because knowing that I just I had his support finally. Cause I tell you, like I felt like we used to clash and bump heads so much. It's like now it's kind of like all right, cool. I ain't got him on my neck no more. He ain't worrying about am I gonna fuck up some shit. Yeah, and then, like he trusts me. He knows I it's, know what I'm talking about. It's wild that like when we when we look back at it, that the majority of parents like just want us to be happy mm-hmm. and like find independence or find like something within the realms of that we want to do and are able to build a life, whatever the life is, like build a life that's mm-hmm. better than 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 they have had, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start to also understand it's like, bro, like. Our parents had us, but like they didn't, they didn't like have us and know what the fuck being a parent is. Yeah, right. And that's the same way I look at me being a um, father right now, bro. Yeah. Like my people ask me this shit all the time now. They be like, bro, how is it being a dad? I'm like, bro, like this shit's different, but I fucking love it. Like my my whole everything about me right now is about how can I get my son to take in everything that I'm trying to give to him without sounding like I'm just preaching to you. You know what mm. I mean? Like for me, I felt like it was much as my dad or my parents telling me, don't do this. It's bad for you. Do this. It's good for you. It's like, how can I relate this stuff to my son where it's like, damn, like the shit that he's telling me is cool to do that. It's cool to do the right thing. I don't, I don't want to do the, I don't want to do the bad shit that I'm supposed to be, that, um, that I'm trying to do because my dad wouldn't do that shit. And I look up to my dad so much mm. and I know my dad wouldn't leave me the right way. Like I want to find out. I, I like, I knew mentally, I knew my dad wouldn't tell me some shit wrong, Yeah. but it's like, we were just so different. Yeah. So I want to be able to relate to my kid to where he's like, bro, my dad don't want to touch that shit. I don't want to touch that shit. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like everything that I do now is that's my thought processes how to relate this to my son to where he doesn't question it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, how can I be the biggest influence to him to where whatever I say, he believes me and don't even question it. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my, every, everything that I do, that's my thought process is how, do, how am I going to relate this the right way? Mm-hmm. How is it going to be received by him? So, yeah. And that'll and that'll be a constant shuffle and, yeah, and switch up. Because I know life is gonna be totally different when he's, you know what I'm saying, 17, 18 years old. Life will yeah. be totally different. And I know I'm gonna be older, so I'm not gonna be into the same things that he's into. Yeah. But I wanna be able to still relate yeah. in a certain way. I feel like it's one of those things that getting into just like the parenting aspect is just being able to openly communicate, right? Mm-hmm. With with your seed and also establishing a baseline with them that it's okay to speak to me about things that may you may think that I I feel a type of way about or mm-hmm. like it's okay to come talk to me even when you think I'm going to get upset mm-hmm. because I feel like that's where that's where things go go awry when the children <coughs> feel more comfortable to speak to their friends mm-hmm. or some other shit as opposed to just being like look my dad or mom isn't going to like this but I need I need some advice or I fucked up. I could still talk to my parents about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like 
so much can be gained from just open communication. Naturally, you're giving your child your values and your thoughts along the way. But I feel like where a lot of people, where that edge is, comes in just being able to create an environment where open communication is truly like the baseline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like um, with me, I don't like, I really respect uh, like openness. You know what I mean? So I feel like if my son comes to me about something that I would typically be mad about, but if he was man enough to like come to me yeah. and like, dad, I really don't know this. Yeah. So I need you to guide me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just fucked up. I just did some dumb shit, but I'm trying to figure out. <clears throat> why the fuck you know what I mean I still don't understand why you told me not to do this I did it I fucked up but like you know what I mean so it's like I just want if, if he comes to me like that it's like alright son this is the lesson for this you know yeah. what I mean not just oh I told you don't do that shit now nah, you're gonna get an ass whooping like no like yeah. I want you to understand this shit you know what I mean instead yeah. of just like chastising about everything I want you to understand why not to do this and or why you shouldn't have done or what's gonna happen since you've done this yeah. you know what I mean cause some, everything like there isn't shit that's always happened immediately. You may do something that may affect you later on in life. Absolutely. So I want him to be like, hey, dad, I fucked up. I did this. Like, my bad. And it's yeah. like, all right, son, the reason I'm telling you this shit, because this is what's going to happen now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not just, all right, come here. Let me whoop your ass and go on back to your room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's kind of how my life was. It's like, I fuck up. It's like, all right, get your ass whooped. Now you you shouldn't want to do it again. You know what I mean, I don't want to raise my son like that. Not well, saying I'm gonna whoop his ass. If he, yeah. needs, he needs ass, <laughs> but I don't. And I I don't want it to be like that. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I want it to be more so. Of, I want to be. A, I want to be a. Uh, I want to be an influence. I want to be. Uh, like the people that I that I look up to that I'm influenced by. Like I want to be that to my son. You know what I mean? I want to be the biggest influence in his life. I don't want him to be influenced by. Some <laughs> athlete or rapper more than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. I want to ask you one thing. And I feel like we've, we've hit such incredible points. And, and, and the sun is a beautiful place to like let it ride off into the distance in. If you were to be able to write a letter to your son, right, that he'd open up when he graduated college. I mean, graduated high school. Right. Thinking about the experience that you had. It's wild, like seeing the, the parental differences and how you do it different. But like mm-hmm. you wouldn't do it different unless you experienced it. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, you know, all of these things that you want to be able to show to your son. And I feel like kind of taking this moment of like that moment when you graduated high school and it was kind of like, holy fuck. If you were to write a letter and it, naturally it's going to change as you get older. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, if you were to write a letter that your son was going to open up on the day of his high school graduation and and God let's all pray that he's smiling and throwing this fucking his graduation hat in the sky like doing shimmies and shit ready yeah. for college but what what would that say boy shit that's tough yeah that's a tough one. and it's going to change i mean yeah, like if it, if, if it comes to yeah. you even if it's so, a sentence as of right now <coughs> I'll probably have to say to remain genuine, um, learn the people that you're around and that you associate yourself with, associate yourself with people that, um, that have like minds, you know what I mean? That, that influence, I mean, that encourage you and that, uh, that you want to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like hang around those type of people because you end up hanging around, um, 
you end up hanging around so many different people just trying to find out what's cool about this click or what's cool about mm. that click until you find like your friends that y'all mesh well. So it's like just just hang around genuine people because I feel like that's what uh that's what helped me a lot is I was around people who really cared about me. So like even when I fell off and I was fucked up, even if they were fucked up, I still I, I don't care if they they were sleeping on the couch. I got a <coughs> I got a floor to sleep on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know you got some people like they were like damn. You like, bro, I'm fucked up right now. Damn, bro, that fucked up. Me too. Yeah. It's like, I ain't got no homies like that. All my homies, they be like, shit, bro, pull up. Yeah. Shit, nigga, we'll, we'll sleep in the fucking car together, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's certain situations. Like, I remember I got some homeboys. They um they wanted to go to Ve- they wanted to go to Vegas for the first time. They from Texas. And I was going out there with a brand, with his brand for um project. And it's, it's a whole nother lesson inside of it. Now I'm, now I'm thinking about it even more about just the type of people you hang out with and, yeah. and knowing this type of people you're around. Yeah. So I was going to Vegas for this project. So I'm literally, I'm rooming with another person from the company or whatever. But my homeboys want to come out there and like they've they fucked up at times, you know what I'm saying? So like one of them doesn't have an ID. The other one doesn't have a debit card. You know what I mean? It's like immature shit that I'm trying to like influence. I'm like, bro, like you got to be on your shit, bro. We all grown, like, you know what I mean? And But I know that they're genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why I'm rocking with them because I know like they got my back regardless of whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the big brother and be like, bro, get y'all shit together in, 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 in this aspect. Yeah. So I go to Vegas. They was like, bro, we want to come to Vegas. I'm like, all right, cool. Just get y'all shit together. Get a hotel or whatever. Ch- hotel's cheap. They was like, bro, we ain't got no car to kind of book the room with. Can you like, can we give you the cash and you book it on your car? And I'm like, bro, I'm going to be real with you right now. Y'all smoke too much weed for me, and y'all a little reckless at times. I can't do that because y'all gonna fuck up some shit that I got going on. But any other way I can I can help y'all out, I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? But I just I can't let y'all fuck me over. Yeah. Because you know I, mean? I don't trust. I that. won't even put y'all in that yeah, position. Like, yeah, I'm not to. gonna allow y'all to. You know what I'm saying? To be immature in a in a way that I know that y'all can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't judge nobody, but I just know how to work, how to yeah. deal with certain people. And I was like, in that aspect, y'all ain't y'all ain't ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm not ready to work with y'all in that aspect. So they was like, all right, cool, bro. We understand. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. We still going to come out there. So these cats, they really came out there, bro. And they wanted to see how I move in the, in the, in, with the thing that I was doing. So they, they really came out there, bro. And they was like, they was like, right, we, we got some shit figured out. So I was like, cool. So they was, I came to the room. We was kicking it. And they was like, all right, we got to roll. So they left. And then the next morning, I had woke up. I had texted them, like, see where they was at, if, if they were going to come through um, the show or whatever. And they was like, uh, they were like, yeah, we uh, we end up sleeping in the car. We can figure, we can figure out shit. I'm like, damn, bro, y'all sleeping in the car? They was like, yeah, bro, like we don't care, like we we savages. I'm like, cool, I like my nigga. So, but what I'm gonna do? Come here right now, cause the dude I was staying with had just left. I like, bro, come to the room, my nigga, and y'all can take a nap if y'all need to, take a shower or whatever in the room. Just make sure y'all out by a certain time when I know the other people are gonna be back. You know what I mean? So it's like. I I, knew, I wasn't gonna put my debit card, my credit card up for them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But like in any other way that I could have made it work, I was gonna make it work. Yeah. And absolutely. I feel like, and I know that they would have did the same shit for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's a responsibility thing. I, I've had other situations where I've had to be real with my homeboys. It's like, bro, I know you're you you're you're not mature enough in this aspect to for me to feel comfortable doing certain things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With you or whatever. And that's just. Me being and, transparent. And that in and of itself, though, is is, is a very strong characteristic, yeah. right? Because that's knowing yourself. Yeah. That's saying, look, I know what I want around me. Mm-hmm. I know that I really fuck with y'all and y'all are, are great people internally, mm-hmm. right? 
But also, and just kind of like segueing is that relationships only last when people grow together. Mm-hmm. Whether exactly. it's friendships, whether it's, 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 it's love, whether it's whatever, right? We could have homies that we really care about, but if they're not growing with us, they're not going to be homies. Yeah. It's just a fact of life, right? And so you got, Yeah, you got to realize, like, ain't nobody fucking perfect, bro. Yeah. So, like, I'm saying, I don't judge nobody, bro. Like, everybody got flaws. I got fucking flaws. So, it's just like... I'm trying to help you with, you know what I'm saying, what I can help you with. Absolutely. You know I mean? As well as they going to help me with whatever what I need help with. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, this has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm really excited to see your continued evolution um, in your craft, in your being. Uh, and also, I can't wait to talk to your son. When he reaches that high school point, because you better believe Uncle Nushi about to have a conversation <laughs> yeah. be, and, be and be like, like and be like, bro, you 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 want me to tell you what your dad was like in this fucking moment? Oh, he's already gonna be on an episode. You know what I'm saying? One thousand forty-six. You see him crying over there like that. Imagine him <laughs> in yeah. your shoes crying like that. Hey, we got we got episode one thousand forty-six on hold for his son. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Q, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, it, it, it's been a blessing to see you blossom. You're you're an incredible human being. Um, and with that, I'm just gonna say, Mama, we, we made.